the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back. Tuesday, March 1st, 2022. Here's how the game works. If you have a television, a radio show, a regular column, or a deadline, you write a column or give a talk or analysis today on what the President of the United States should say in his State of the Union address. By the way, we'll cover it live here when it happens with commentary afterwards. It's really pretty easy. Anyone can do it, and it usually misunderstands the world of politics. Here is our greatest political problem in a nutshell. It's hard to describe, but I maintain there is no greater problem than the following. When some politician or other says the other guy wants to destroy America or harm America, or when someone on your team says they will be good or great for America or restore America, we are speaking the same language, of course, but we apply different meanings to those words. What you think is good, Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi or Rashida Tlaib do not. What they think is good for America, we, most of us, do not. When a politician says he wants to fundamentally transform America, he is not saying that because in his eyes he wants to do harm to this country. He is saying it because, again, in his eyes he thinks he's doing good and right. To think a fundamental transformation of this country is a good thing to him is a bad thing to us. And clearly, one never radically or fundamentally transforms something already good or great. Keep all of that in mind as people say, here's what the president needs to do tonight or needs to say tonight, especially if coming from someone who's a Republican or a conservative. Abraham Lincoln put it that the world has never had a good definition of the word liberty. And he said that about a year before his death. He continued, quote, American people, the American people just now are much in want of that definition. We all declare for liberty, but in using the same word, we do not all mean the same thing. With some... The word liberty may mean for each man to do as he pleases with himself and the product of his labor, while with others the same word may mean for some men to do as they please with other men and the product of other men's labor. Here are two not only different but incompatible things called by the same name, liberty, and it follows that each of the things is by the respective parties called by two different and incompatible names, liberty and tyranny, close quote. We have that problem here. So, for example, if a conservative or right-leaning columnist tells you what he or she thinks Joe Biden should say tonight, it gets him or through him or her through their banausic obligation. But it really falls fairly deftly from there. There is nothing in that column anyone at the White House, in such a case, this White House, will take seriously. The definitions of good, better, great, and improve are so very, very different. When someone on our side says about another leader or candidate who he or she wants to destroy America, 
It's not completely true. It may be true to us. We think they will destroy America. The person spoken about thinks he or she will improve it and that we are the destroyers by standing in the way, which gets me back not only to what Lincoln spoke of in defining the word liberty, but a haunting call I took yesterday, haunting but good, and good because important, crucial, and really the whole ball game. The caller asked if America was wanting and if we were losing our civilization. Imagine having to ask that after all we've been through, and yet we all kind of think of that a lot in a way, don't we? We might not, we might not say it or say it like that, but we all tend to think it a little bit, at least once in a while. We wake up sometimes and wonder if we recognize this place after watching or reading the morning news. We sometimes wonder if we still live in America anymore, don't we? You know I'm a huge fan of Ronald Reagan's concern about teaching the lessons of freedom to the next generation and his famous quotes about how it can all be lost in a generation, which is about 30 years. He's put it a few different ways. So, for instance, in his inaugural speech as governor of California in 1967, he put it this way, quote, perhaps you and I have lived too long with this miracle to properly be appreciative. Freedom is a fragile thing, and it's never more than one generation away from extinction. It is not ours by way of inheritance. It must be fought for and defended constantly by each generation, for it comes only once to a people. And those in world history who have known freedom and then lost it have never known it again. He goes on. This is his gubernatorial inaugural speech. Knowing this, it's hard to explain those among us who even today would question the people's capacity for self-government. I've often wondered if they will answer, those who subscribe to that philosophy, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? Using the temporary authority granted by the people in increasing number lately at all levels of government, have sought control even of the means of production as if they could do this without eventually controlling those who do the producing. And always they explain this as necessary for the people's welfare. The deterioration of every government begins with the decay of the principle upon which it was founded. This was written in 1748, and it's as true today as it was then, close quote from Ronald Reagan. He was quoting Montesquieu. The deterioration of every government begins with the decay of the principle upon which it was founded. Irving Kristol put it this way, if you want self-government, you must have selves worthy of governing, which is why my conservatism has always been an economics of liberty and a sociology of virtue. At least the word virtue has been settled upon. Though, of course, its redefinition has been tried time and time again. Without much success, just declining examples and evidence of it. Thus, the struggle on our side to reinstantiate it. So, what do I say to whether or not we are watching our final chapters being written before our very eyes? I say what Theodore Roosevelt said when he wrote, I believe that a man must be a good patriot before he can be and as the only possible way of being a good citizen of the world. Experience teaches us that the average man who
who protests that his international feeling swamps his national feeling, that he does not care for his country because he cares so much for mankind, in actual practice proves himself the foe of mankind, that the man who says that he does not care to be a citizen of any one country because he is a citizen of the whole world is in very fact usually an exceedingly undesirable citizen of whatever corner of the world he happens at that moment to be in. Close quote. I say what C.S. Lewis said. Nothing is more likely to destroy a species or a nation than a determination to survive at all costs. Those who care for something else more than civilization are the only people by whom civilization is at all likely to be preserved. Those who want heaven must have served earth best. Those who love man less than God do most for man. Close quote. I will confess it took me several readings of that C.S. Lewis essay and those lines of his to understand them even tenuously. So I will repeat. Nothing is more likely to destroy a species or a nation than a determination to survive at all costs. Those who care for something else more than civilization are the only people by whom civilization is at all likely to be preserved. Those who want heaven most have served earth best. Those who love man less than God do most for man. Maybe it helps to put it in the positive rather than the negative. You can't love your fellow man without loving God first and better and more. We all need our North Poles if we are going to have a compass of any kind, most importantly, a moral compass. I want us to understand some authors we need to dust off a bit in contemplating these questions. For example, Milan Kundera, the first step in liquidating a people is to erase its memory, destroy its books, its culture, its history, then have somebody write new books, manufacture a new culture, invent a new history. Before long, the nation will begin to forget what it is and what it was, and the world around it will forget even faster. Or Jean-Francois Ravel in his book How Democracies Perish quoted yesterday, clearly a civilization that feels guilty for everything it is and does will lack the energy and conviction to defend itself. Or Ronald Reagan in his farewell address, quote, we've got to do a better job of getting across that America is freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of enterprise, and freedom is special and rare. It's fragile. It needs protection. So we've got to teach history based not on what's in fashion, but what's important. Why the pilgrims came here, who Jimmy Doolittle was, and what those 30 seconds over Tokyo meant. For if we forget what we did, we won't know who we are. I'm warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit. Let's start with some basics, more attention to American history, and a greater emphasis on civic ritual, close quote. And then, folks, we need to explain all that is embodied in the foregoing, all that is meant. Either we define the terms or they do, and for far too long, they have. It's time for a new dictionary, and by a new dictionary... I mean an old one. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. You want a little fun? You may want to write this down. Let me give you just a moment to grab something to write it down with. The GOP put this out. It's called Biden Bingo. Biden Bingo. And uh, you can play it. Uh, you can get it online over uh, at GOP, but um, at on Twitter, at GOP. And it's funny because it is so darned true. It's just funny. Biden bingo, a way to actually enjoy the State of the Union tonight. You can download and play the Biden bingo with this game. Here are your squares. You ready? Biden will lie. Biden will clear his throat. Biden uses weird hand gestures. Biden loses his train of thought when he goes off script. The State of the Union starts late because Biden is late. Biden yells. Biden whispers. Biden squits at the camera. Biden claims America is unified. That would get you a twofer because it also goes to Biden lies. Democrats will coordinate outfits. Biden messes up a name. Pelosi stands and claps. LGB is a free space. Biden talks about building back broke. Biden mentions spending more money. Biden lies about inflation. Biden ignores crime. There will be awkward long pauses. Biden lies about COVID. Biden will mumble. Biden gives Kamala credit for doing nothing. Biden doesn't mention the border crisis. Biden does mention Obama. Biden tells an irrelevant story about his life. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Sorry. And the last one, Biden talks about Delaware. I didn't do this. I didn't draw this up. I'd add one. I think I'd add one, uh, which is Biden gives himself or reminds people that he has one of several nicknames. And I don't know. Yeah, Delaware's a good one, but it might be Pennsylvania. If he talks about Delaware, it should have been Biden talks about Delaware or Pennsylvania. Anyway. It's funny because you can hear it. You can see it, can't you? Because it's all been done. It's all been done. Uh, Under the category of so this happened, Vice President Kamala Harris, who is in charge of everything important these days, I guess, she was the one dispatched to Munich, Germany. She was the one given responsibility for the border. She was the one given responsibility for the supply chain problem. So she was on a TV, excuse me, a radio show this morning, a syndicated radio show. I don't think it airs in Phoenix. I had not heard of it. It airs in a lot of major cities. Bill, do you know the show called The Morning Hustle? I don't, but it doesn't matter. It's a morning radio show. And um, just so you know, uh, this is what we are. um, This is what we're dealing with. Bear with me here one moment while we load up the audio. If you're watching any level of news, even social media, you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the Ukraine. Break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the United States. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Russia is a bigger country. Russia is a powerful country. Russia decided to invade a smaller country called Ukraine. So Basically, that's wrong. If you're watching any, basically, that's wrong. Well, she did break it down. 
Do you get the sense that she's finally reading her briefing books or do you think that the briefing books have been condensed on into big font like you would do for a second grader? You've got a thought here, Bill. It's a one sheet. It's a one sheet. Give me a one sheet on the Ukraine-Russia crisis, she told her staff. There are famous politicians. Uh, there are politicians who are famously well known for never reading their briefing books. Evidently, as we read, Kamala Harris and her staff have a problem um, in that she doesn't read her briefing books that they write and give to her. And then she gets mad at them when she's unprepared and says something that she could have learned if she had read her briefing book. So it's a kind of special relationship that way. Um, can, can you believe this is this is the vice president telling us what's going on in Europe? You want it again? social media you're seeing everything that's going on right now in the ukraine break it down in layman's terms for people who don't understand what's going on and how can this directly affect the people of the united states so ukraine is a country in europe it exists next to another country called russia russia is a bigger country russia is a powerful country russia decided to invade a smaller country called ukraine so basically that's wrong Basically, that's wrong. You know what she did is kind of interesting. She didn't really answer the question. How does it affect people in the United States, (laughs) which is kind of the big part of the debate here, wouldn't you say? Half the debate, there are three, but I think there are three parts of the debate. I think there are three parts. If I'm missing something, you tell me. First of all, the debate, which I think is mostly settled, is whether Russia had a right to to go into the Ukraine or into Ukraine in the first place. Then the second debate is what can be done about it? What should we do about it? What could have been done to prevent it? What should be our posture now? Everything wrapped up in that series of questions. And then I think the third part, which is the answer that depends on the second part, is uh, how much should the United States commit to it? What is the effect of the United on the United States? What is the United States's um, responsibility here, moral, strategic, or otherwise? That those are the three parts of the debate. That she would be totally unprepared to deal with or answer. I have not heard a U.S. leader give. By U.S. leader, I mean the president. So let me just apologize and restate that. I have not heard Joe Biden make the case as to why this is in the United States interest. I have not heard it. I have heard other politicians do it. I have heard politicians of your do it. I have heard John McCain in the past do it. I have heard a lot of people talk about it. And yes, it is not unfair to ask. It is not unfair to ask what should the United States' responsibility be because how does it affect the United States? That is not an unfair question. I can give some answers, but don't you think after the weeks and months leading up to this, we should know the answer from Joe Biden, from the president of the United States, who also wears a hat called Commander-in-Chief? I'm Seth. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 34 past the hour brings us the wonderful John Dombrowski. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. And he has his own radio show right here every Saturday morning at 7 a.m., The Word on Wealth. John, happy Tuesday to you. How's it going, Seth? I'm doing just fine. How are you, sir? Fantastic. Good. Good. Yesterday, we uh, talked a little bit about how uh, the markets were uh, not all in the red at the close of business yesterday. Today, it looks like um, a different story. And one can't help, obviously, but pointing to, um, you know, the turmoil going on coming out of Europe. Also, the questions is where we go from here. Do you want to say anything about that? I had a couple of myself questions for you, but uh, if you wanted to say anything about that, you go right ahead first. Sure. I mean, it's obviously a difficult time out there for the markets right now, trying to decipher everything that's going on over in Europe, over with Russia, I should say, and Ukraine. Um, but also, we've got uh, president's going to be speaking tonight, wondering what the president's going to be saying, if the State of the Union is good, not so good, somewhere in between. Uh, it's going to be an interesting, uh, you know, uh, question, how he's going to handle tonight. Uh, there's so many things going on out there. But the market is, I was a little bit surprised today to see uh, the market was holding up relatively well. We did bounce a little bit towards the end of trading today, uh, even though we had a negative day. But what's interesting, Seth, is it's, I think it's going to be more important now for people to try to understand where they're invested in the market. Yeah, that's where I was going. Go ahead. Nice work. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we, we've been talking about this for a while, how it's important to invest in different sectors of the market. And not only domestically here, but if you have exposure internationally, uh, you may have a little bit more risk in your portfolio than you may believe. Uh, and one of the areas is something called emerging markets. Uh-huh. And if we think about emerging markets, these are areas uh, around the world, characteristics of a developed market, but it really doesn't meet the standards of maybe uh, stocks that would be included in the standard poor 500, as an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it includes markets in, as an example, Brazil, yep. India, China, yep. Indonesia, Iran, South Korea, and yes, Russia. Mm-hmm. So, and certain funds may have more of an exposure to uh, Russian, um, you know, investments than others. So, I think it's really important for individuals out there to understand what they have, and if they're not working with an investment advisor, it may be uh, something that they need to do a little more research on their own then to make sure that they're uh, trying to stay out of the way of some of the challenges that we're going to be faced with with some of these. Uh, emerging market uh, investments. John, that's a perfectly great answer. Well done. <clears throat> Excuse me, from the economics perspective, which is what I asked you about. From the political angle, I, I, I wonder if the president of the United States or the administration more broadly hasn't done a good enough job in explaining that when we put the screws on Russia via sanctions, we will be affecting not just American companies, but in turn, American consumers. There are a lot of American businesses, a lot of international businesses, but many American businesses that do business with Russia. Uh, I was reading an article. I think it was – I don't remember. I mean some of the bigger multinational corporations you know, are pulling out and suspending work 
in Russia, Shell, which isn't an American company, I don't think, but uh, Shell would be one. But you see Disney, you see GM, uh, Apple today today announced. Right. This is going to put a lot of, is the phrase downward pressure, but a lot of pressure on the American consumer and the American financial situation as well. And I don't get the sense that the administration made that case. Honest to gosh, the case I think most people who had been paying attention thought was we're going to be squeezing Russia. Yes, I think. But we will be hurting ourselves with this now by the way the world is interconnected. Yes, there's no question that we're going to feel the economic brunt or a portion of it. Uh, But it's critical that we have to stop what's going on. You know, we can't allow someone like... uh, uh, President Putin to do what he's doing. So we have to do something. We have to put these sanctions on, which definitely will affect American companies, which means that there is the potential then again for more inflationary pressures yeah, here in the United right, States. Right. There's no question about that, right. Seth, but we cannot let someone like Putin just run roughshod and take over a country such as this. Oh, we, we have no idea. There's no, there's no disagreement there's on no that. Choice. There's no choice. Gov- right, there's, there's no question on that. I do wonder if the sanctions are the right ones. And if we're not doing um, we're not doing uh, sanctions in the wrong in the wrong areas while avoiding the big well, ones. Well, that could but you're be another discussion, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, yeah. the oil buying yeah, oil exactly. from Russia. I don't I don't know what the ramifications would be if we didn't. But that certainly seems like a place we should be. Uh, uh, yeah, going. we need to have a much bigger discussion. Yes, John Dombrowski, well done, sir. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finra and Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand King and Plenty Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC, not affiliated. Thank Nailed you, it. Sir. Thank you, JD. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, brought to you in part by the good folks at Balance of Nature. Good folks because they support us. Good folks because they put out a great product. 100% whole food, gluten-free, non-GMO, no extracts or th- synthetics at all. It's pure, potent plant power. It's the only whole food supplement with no additives, no fillers, no extracts, no pesticides, no added sugar. The only thing in it are fruits and vegetables, and it's put in a vegetarian capsule. You take them once a day, and you are good to go. You need a little extra pick-me-up. You need to burn a little bit more midnight oil than usual. Take more. It's fruits and vegetables. You're not going to overdose, and it'll keep you boosted, your energy boosted, your immunity boosted, and your health boosted. I've been taking it for three years. I attribute it to not... Getting sick as I used to before I found Balance of Nature. Every time the seasons change, I want you to go to balanceofnature.com. That's balanceofnature.com. Check out their fruits and veggies and make sure to use discount code BALANCE for the best deal. Discount code BALANCE. There's Tim in Peoria. Hello, Tim. Seth Leibson, I have an official bone to pick with you, sir. Okay, pick away. Are you sure it's a bone and not a knit? Oh, it might be a knit, might be a bone, but I could, I'm, I'm speaking, I believe, for all your listeners. Okay, right go Male, ahead. Female, Pick away. Binary. There you go. You yeah. have a mess to clean up. All right. mess is in the car, the office, or homes of every listener, man, woman, and child. <laughs> okay. When you let it be known that that was Kamala Harris giving that, oh, that beautiful assessment of what's going on in Ukraine, yeah. I'm sure all of your listeners, including myself, threw whatever beverage was in their hand across the room i didn't know and maybe you did that the pdf i'm sorry not the pdf the pdb oh the presidential briefing yeah 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 there you go 
I didn't know that they were doing that in cartoon form with uh, dialogue bubbles above it. Okay, because that's what it is. That's what it was. Yes. I'm just, just so, I mean, I can That's what it looks like. I had not, these. that image did not come to me yeah. until you said it. That's exactly what I can visualize yeah. it. Yeah. Go ahead. Hey, kiddos in second grade, can you read along with what's going on in Ukraine? Oh, Ukraine's bad. So anyway. It's a country in Europe. She paused on that. Did you notice the pause? Why did she pause yeah, on that? I think the reason sure. she paused on it is because Nicole Hannah-Jones said Europe is a meaningless entity. I think. I think. But go ahead. I think that maybe she was thinking that it could have been in the Baltic region. And wow, that would have really confused. Now, now, granted, now I'll go back and I will defend her. I, I can't remember what the name of the show that she was on, if you can remind me. But perhaps she was speaking in those elementary or. Oh, it was the morning hustle. No, it's turn. a morning radio morning show. Hustle. Yeah. OK, okay so it's not. So the, maybe the, she okay. was speaking. Yeah. Maybe she was speaking in that term, in those terms, because of the cognitive ability of the audience of that morning show. You know, maybe, That's my only defense maybe, 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 but you're a public speaker of sorts, right? You, 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 you've given a lot of presentations, years, a lot more than I have, Tim. And have you ever been told it's a good idea to speak down to your audience? Well, speaking down is one thing. But I don't even I can't even define what she did. It's, I, it's pathetic. Well, let's it give really her credit for saying nothing wrong. OK, let's break down what she that said, because I don't think she said anything wrong. Ukraine is a country in Russia. Excuse me. In Ukraine Europe, is a country in Europe. In Europe. Sorry. Ukraine is a country in Europe. It is a small country. It is next to another country in Europe, <laughs> Russia, which is a big country or a bigger country. And Russia has invaded Ukraine, so that's what's happened. That's what she said. There's nothing wrong in what she said. It's, it's not that she was wrong. Right. It's that nothing that she said was right. The right. problem that I have, and I think that everybody in America, as we walk into the State of the Union tonight, we should be resting and be assured that that person, Kamala Harris, is the second in line to be leading our country and that kills me. What's worse? The fir- me, what's worse? The current mad. or the second? See, this is the, the, take this take this with me a little st- uh, one step further, Tim, if you don't mind, as long as I have you. Take sure. it with me one step further. I don't know. Uh, was it Hans Christian Andersen who wrote the The Emperor Has No Clothes? The story of the Emperor having no clothes. I think it was Hans Christian Andersen. Yeah. In any yeah. event, I believe so. Yeah. yeah. In any event. It's a weird thing that's going on in this country that I think it's true of Democrats as much as Republicans. I think we both know that we're living under a farce. Republicans are just willing to call it out. But I don't know how Democrats can look at Biden and Harris and say everything is fine. Nothing to see here. No worries. We've got this. I don't think Democrat. Do you think Democrats? I think they know we're all living under a big lie or a big joke or something. But it's weird that we just go on as if this is normal. This is not normal. It's not normal, and unfortunately, the great you know, there's 81 million Americans out there that know that we're living under the big lie, and they're not standing up against it. Right, and that that bothers me. As it, well. It's a bigger it's lie than any other lie that today. people attach that phrase to. That these people are competent yeah, in no charge bigger, and have a firm there's grip. No bigger lie. Than, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no bigger lie than the Biden-Harris lie. But to close it out, I will say this: every week with a government teacher at a at a district, I will not talk about. I get to I get to put one little thing into his lesson one time a week. This is it. 
I'm going to send him the recording yeah. of what Kamala Harris said. Yeah. And then he has to repeat everything I say. And this is, they're going to, his kids are going to listen to it. And then he has to say, this is the potential next leader of the United States of America. Good. And let the government students run amok. Good. I love it. Good. Seth Leeson, I got to go clean up this drink. All right. Go- I mean, I'm <laughs> There's a are, lot to think about in that, what you said there, Tim. <laughs> Bless you. Clean up this drink. I don't know what the. He, he must have spilled something. I'm assuming he spilled something. <laughs> oh, yes, 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 yes. Nice, nicely done, Bill. Thank you for closing that circle. So you actually did circle back. Jen Psaki says she'll circle back. You actually did circle back. I, I, are you kind of picking up what I'm trying to find the right words to describe here? I, I know plenty of Democrats, and you know they'll call you out for – they'll call Republicans or conservatives out for saying that Joe Biden is in his senescence or doesn't have his wits about him. Uh, but if you are talking to them in private, they know this to be true. They know this is – also a really bad joke. Now, the difference between us and them is they'll say, and I've heard this a million times, that's an exaggeration. I've heard this over and over again, that it's still better than what we had before. Is it? Is it? Is there one condition? Is there one index, one, that is better as a result of this administration? When you have plus 50 disapproval and 30 approval, is there one thing? Who are the 30, by the way? I'll tell you who those 30 are. You know who they are? They're the people who think that it's better than what we had before. And it's all about what? What is it about? It's about two things. It's about the rhetoric and it's about the desired policy outcomes. Outcomes they haven't achieved, the Democrats, yet and probably won't, especially given the med- midterms, probably won't. But that's what it's about. It's about hope and relief, hope and relief, hope about what they will do and relief that they don't have to listen to someone they didn't like hearing before. But who suffers? Who suffers? Small countries in Europe suffer and every American suffers. And you know who else is going to start suffering? Small countries in Asia, small countries in Africa, small countries in Central America. Smaller countries in South America. That's who suffers. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. I'm going to get into this a little bit more into the next hour. Questions you probably are beginning to be asked by friends, family, etc. What could we have done differently? What should the United States have done to stave this off? Because it is eminently true that once you are dealing with a nuclear country, it's a lot different. It's an awful lot different. That's why, you know, dealing with South Africa was different than dealing with Iraq um, in the 90, in the, uh, in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. The question is, why are we so hamstrung right now? Why is it the best we can do is put Kamala Harris on jejune radio shows explaining that Ukraine is a small country in Europe and Russia is a big country in Europe and the big country invaded the small country. Why is that the best we can summon? Michael Schellenberger, more and more someone I believe we should listen to and read, 
How is it possible, he writes, that European countries, Germany especially, allowed themselves to become so dependent on an authoritarian country over the 30 years since the end of the Cold War? Here's how. Here's how. These countries are in the grips of a delusional ideology that makes them incapable of understanding the hard hard realities of energy production. Green ideology insists we don't need nuclear and that we don't need fracking. It insists that it's just a matter of will and money to switch to all renewables and fast. It insists that we need degrowth of the economy and that we face looming human extinction. John Kerry, the United States climate envoy, perfectly captured the myopia of this view when he said in the days before the roar that the Russian invasion of Ukraine could have profound negative impacts on the climate. That's his quote. He went on. You have a war and obviously you're going to have massive emissions consequences to the war. But equally importantly, you're going to lose people's focus, close quote. You know what that means, don't you? That means you're going to lose the ideology, the ideology. But it was the West's focus on healing the planet with soft energy renewables and moving away from natural gas and nuclear energy that allowed Putin to gain a stranglehold over Europe's energy supply in the first place. Can we talk about that a little bit more when we come back? We will. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960, and we'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 